Now, the title of this message series, Who is Jesus?, is really an incredibly important question. In fact, if you really want to find out where another person is at spiritually, what they believe, ask them the question, Who is Jesus? You know, apologetics teaches us there's only three logical answers to this question, if you reason everything through. Jesus is either a liar, he's a lunatic, or he's Lord of all. But when you ask people the question, who is Jesus? I've never had anybody tell me, I suppose there are a few, but nobody's ever told me personally they thought Jesus was a liar. Nobody's personally told me they thought Jesus was a lunatic. But the most common answer to the question, who is Jesus, is not that Jesus is Lord. It's, it's that Jesus is, is a good person. He was a good man. He had some good teaching. But he was a man just like you or me. Or he might even have been a prophet. That's the most common answer you hear. But certainly not Jesus is Lord. Because if Jesus is Lord, which is what the Bible teaches, then he is God incarnate. He is God come in the, in the flesh. If Jesus is Lord, then he still lives today. You see, and he's not just a historical figure that lived thousands of years ago. If Jesus is Lord, then we need to respond to him. We need to respond to his teaching. Because he's alive, he's active, and we need to relate to him. And so if Jesus is Lord, we have a choice. We have a choice to respond in one of two ways. Either say that Jesus is my Lord, or Jesus is not. How do we relate to Jesus as Lord of all? So in this Christmas series, we're going to look at who Jesus is and different aspects of Jesus' lordship. How we relate to him, how, what he can do for us as we submit our lives to him. Now this morning, I've entitled the message, Jesus our Healer. Jesus our Healer. Now if you read through the Gospels, that's Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, it's the first four books of the New Testament. And if you haven't recently read through the Gospels, I encourage you to do it. I mean, in fact, just pick one this Christmas season. You don't have to read them all. Pick one and read through it. Who is Jesus? Well, the Gospels will tell you about him. And you can pick either one, any one of them and you're going to get the basic story. They have different aspects that they emphasize. But when you read through the Gospels particularly Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you're going to be struck by something as you read the different accounts of what Jesus did. You're going to be struck by the fact that Jesus healed the sick. You can't go more than a couple chapters without reading about Jesus healing the sick in many, many different ways. Jesus' ministry is summarized in a number of verses. Let's just look at Matthew 4.23. Now, in the middle of your bulletin, there's a, there's a white page like this that has the outline of the message with the scriptures written out. And the outline, you can fill in the blanks. They'll be up on the screens as well. And I just want to mention on the back side, if you open it up, there's a Bible study guide. And those are questions that I've written in conjunction with the message that you can study on your own uh, during the week. And uh, normally our life groups go over them. And during the Christmas season, they're not meeting as much. They might be having parties where uh, they don't study this. But these are also designed for you in your personal time with God to spend some time during the week, answer these questions. It's going to help you grow. It's going to help you remember the lessons that God is teaching you. 
And so it would encourage me as your pastor who spends hours and hours writing these questions, if somebody would come and say, I really appreciate it. I actually used them, Pastor Dan. I went through and answered the questions this week. So that's just a hint, you know, if you want to make your pastor happy. <clears throat> Matthew 4.23 says, Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom, and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Now, Jesus here did basically two things. And there's a number of summary verses of Jesus. We don't have time to go through them all. And they say the same thing. He did two basic things. He preached and taught. I'm going to lump those together. He taught the Word of God. Uh, they're very synonymous type terms, preaching and teaching. A little bit different, but speaking the good news of the Word of God. Speaking the good news of the kingdom. And what was the second thing he did? He healed. He healed, it says, every disease and sickness among the people. Those are the two things that Jesus did. Now, somebody might say, well, Pastor Dan, that's fine and well, but, you know, today it's the 21st century and Jesus isn't here anymore. And, of course, in every church, the, the word is taught like Jesus taught, but, you know, Jesus isn't here. So, so how, can, how can healing occur? If Jesus is not here, he's the one that healed. Well, let's look a little past the Gospels. What's the next book in the New Testament after the Gospels? Right, very good. There's a little quiz every once in a while to keep you on your toes. That's the book of Acts. The book of Acts uh, is about what happened after Jesus rose from the dead, ascended to heaven, how the early church carried on, what does it say? The ministry of Jesus. It says in the book of Acts, the early church carried on the ministry of Jesus. Jesus continued to minister, not with his physical presence there, but through the Holy Spirit who is active in the church. In Acts chapter 4, the early church prayed. And we'll look at what they prayed in Acts 4, 29 to 30. They prayed to God and they said, Enable your servants to speak your words with great boldness. The first request. Second request here, stretch out your hand to heal and perform miraculous signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant Jesus. Now does that bear any similarity to the ministry of Jesus? I think it does. Two requests basically. Allow us to speak your word, to speak the word of the kingdom of God with boldness. Number two, stretch out your hand to heal. Miraculous signs and wonders, well, healing often is a miraculous sign and wonder. And we see that throughout the book of Acts. Two things, two requests. That we might speak your word and that you might continue to heal people. Now I believe, along with many others, that the book of Acts is a pattern, an example of how the church is to function until Jesus returns. And as it speaks... We believe that Jesus can and does heal today. And so Jesus, our healer, is important for each of us. It's imp he's important for our families. We all need healing in many different ways, at different times, of different types of healing. We need healing from Jesus to make us well physically. We need healing from Jesus to make us whole emotionally. You know, the, the uh, physical healing isn't the only kind of healing we need. There's all kinds of people that have emotional or mental problems. 
not necessarily there's something wrong with their arm or leg, but there's things they need healed in their minds. There's things they need healed in their emotions that don't allow them to function the way that God wants them to function. We need healing spiritually, of course, as well. And it's not just spiritual healing, but Jesus is our healer in all three of these aspects. Now, the sermon series we just finished was Share Your Faith. And one of the ways we can share our faith, we talked about, is praying for people. And one of the ways we can pray for people is when they're sick or when they need healing, we can pray for them. Because we can pray for people uh, outside of the church. We can pray for people on the job. We can pray for people in our neighborhood. We can pray for people in our families. So today we're going to look at an example uh, from, from Jesus' uh, life, from the Gospel of Luke, where he healed a blind man. And we're going to find some principles about healing from it. Our story begins in Luke chapter 18, verse 35. It says, as Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus is passing by. Well, what should we do when we need healing? The first thing we're going to pull out from this story in the next verse is we need to call out to Jesus. We need to pray to Jesus. Now, this blind man, he was a beggar. He was sitting by the road. He couldn't see, but people had saw that Jesus was coming down the road. They could see him in a distance, and they told him when he asked what the commotion was about that Jesus of Nazareth was, was coming by. He was going to pass his path. And so there would be a moment in time when this blind man, this beggar, and Jesus would come into close proximity. What should the blind man do? Should he go home and think about it? Should he just sit there? Should he ask somebody else what to do? When he heard that Jesus of Nazareth was passing by, and undoubtedly he had heard of some of the things that Jesus had done before, he called out to him. In verse 38, he called out, Jesus, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus, son of David, have, have mercy on me. He recognized that this Jesus was not just a carpenter from, from Nazareth. He recognized that Jesus was the coming Messiah, the one the Jews had hoped for, that he was the son of David. The blind man didn't demand anything. He just asked Jesus to have mercy on him. He knew he needed Jesus' help. And so when we are sick, when those around us are sick, we need to call out to Jesus, to call out to Him as our very first priority. And it's my observation that people usually call out to Jesus as their last priority. If I don't get better, you know, then I'll pray. If the medicine doesn't help, then I'll pray. If the doctors can't help me, then I'm going to pray. If things get really serious, then I'll, I'll, I'll try God. But I believe the Bible teaches us that when there's sickness, when there's injury, when there's a need in our life, our first priority is to call out to Jesus for mercy. There's a king in the Old Testament who didn't follow this principle. It's a sad story. His name was Asa. Second Chronicles 16.12. We're not going to look at the whole story. Just read a, a verse here. 
In the 39th year of his reign, Asa was afflicted with a disease in his feet. Though his disease was severe, even in his illness, he did not seek help from the Lord, but only from the physicians. And what happened next? He died. The next verse tells us that he passed on. Now my point here is not that we don't use hospitals, not that we don't use medicines, not that we don't use doctors. The point is, what is our first response? Is our first response to call out to God, to look to Him first and foremost, to put our trust in Him for healing, no matter how He brings about that healing. You might say, well, what, what if there's an emergency? I mean, I'm not going to have time to pray. Well, you can call out to God in a split second. You know, Carol and I have seven children, and there have been many emergencies. Thankfully to the Lord, they're getting fewer as they get older and more responsible. Uh, we've had far fewer stitches in the last five years than many before. But Carol and I have called out in a split second to God when we've been dialing 911. We've called out to God when we threw kids in the back seat and with hold this on your head to keep the blood from coming out when we run you to the emergency room. But we called out God. I called out to God. We were relying on Him to bring about healing for the children. And we need God to guide the doctors and, uh, doctors and nurses in the hospitals, don't we? You just need to read about how many mistakes are done just to guard them from doing the wrong thing or giving you the wrong medicine. And that what God would guide in the whole process. So we're thankful to God for modern technology. We're thankful to God for those who are called by Him to serve in the healing professions. But our reliance is first and foremost on Jesus Christ as our first priority, calling out to Him. We call out to Jesus despite opposition. Other people tried to discourage this blind man from, from calling out to Jesus. They didn't want him to make a scene. I think they probably thought his, he had a hopeless case. He was probably blind for a very long time and what could... Even God do, or even Jesus do about this, or whatever they thought of Jesus. They didn't have a lot of faith in Jesus. And whenever you try to get closer to Jesus, whenever you try to seek Him for healing, you can be assured that there is going to be opposition. There's two kinds of opposition. The first kind will be an internal opposition. It's like, well, you're going to have to struggle with some doubts. I don't know if this is going to work. I don't know if he is going to do this. I don't know if he can do this. And you're going to hear thoughts like, this doesn't make any sense. God doesn't heal today. You're crazy to think this is going to help. And where do those thoughts come from? They come from the enemy. Trying to seed, sows, uh, seed, sow, I mean, sow seeds, get that in the right order. Sow seeds of doubt into your mind. That's internal opposition. There can be external opposition where other people could try to dissuade you from praying. Other people try to dissuade you from getting close to Jesus for healing. And that's what happened in the case of this blind man, verse 39. Those who led the way rebuked him, told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. So don't listen to those who try to discourage you. It's never wrong to call out to Jesus for mercy. Call out to Him. 
if you need healing and, and don't give up. Let me give you a little insight into the life of a pastor this week. Uh, this week, I was, was busy, maybe a little busier than normal, and it was Friday morning and the message wasn't finished. Well, Friday morning, I rolled out of bed, and when I stood up, the whole room was spinning around me, and I fell back into bed. I had a massive attack of vertigo. Anybody ever had vertigo? Yeah, you can't stand up when it hits. I think I had it once before about 10 years when I was sick with a cold or something. I wasn't sick. So... The first thought that went through my head is, why, oh why God, did I choose to speak on healing this week? <laughs> and I found whatever topic I choose to speak on, oftentimes I'm attacked in that very area during the week. And I've heard from other people that oftentimes the message you hear on Sunday morning is going to deal with something that you're going to be struggling with in the coming week. God somehow works those things out. And so I called on God to heal me. I needed to do things. I needed to get out of bed. So I had my wonderful wife, Carol, call the exchange. And they got phoned in some medicine. She went out got it, medicine for vertigo. I took the medicine, kept trying to get out of bed, and kept falling back into bed. It just, everything was spinning was noon now. I, you know, I got up about six, like six hours later. And uh, around noon, the, the uh, doctor had also talked about doing some exercise. Some exercise where, I won't get into all the details, but where you turn your head different ways and that can settle things in your inner ear. So Carol helped me do the exercise. How can that help? But we did it. And when I sat up after the exercise, the vertigo was gone. So praise the Lord. So in the afternoon, I was able to work on the message. And I just want to say that Jesus healed me. You may say, well, it was the medicine. It was the exercises. Well, you read in the internet, there's a lot of people those things don't work for. Uh, and so God used those things, gave us wisdom, and he brought about healing. And I can stand before you this morning and give the message. Robert, I almost called you. Yeah. <laughs> Robert's my backup. You see, if something happens late on Saturday night or early Sunday morning, Robert's going to be here, so keep that one ready. But, <clears throat> but we call out to Jesus. Whether it's a big thing, whether it's a little thing, God is there to help. God is there to heal. And then we follow his instruction. You know, there's no magic formula that works every time for healing. This isn't like a magic chant you do that manipulates God uh, and saying words in a certain way or praying a certain prayer a certain number of times or all kinds of those crazy things that some people do. The Bible doesn't teach anything like that. It is communicating with a living God. And when you look at all the, all the cases where Jesus healed people in the Gospels, you see just about every case was different. It was never done the same way. So there is no formula for healing. We need to seek to listen to God and follow his instruction in each and every case in order to be healed. 
In order to hear what Jesus is saying, we need to be close to him. You see, the power to heal, even when we pray for somebody, doesn't really reside in a person. It doesn't reside in you. It doesn't reside in me. The power to heal comes from God. It comes from Jesus. It comes from the Holy Spirit flowing through us. We just become a, a channel for that power to do its work. And so in order for that power to flow, the blind man needed to get close to Jesus. Now this is, we can see some generalities when we look at all the healings in the Gospels. And one of the common threads is that the people that Jesus healed were the vast majority of time close to him, in close proximity, where he laid his hands on them, he, he prayed for them right there. There's a few cases where he healed from the distance. God can do anything, but usually they were close to him. We're going to talk about why that's important in a minute. But the same is true for you and me. We need to be close to God. We need to be seeking to walk close to him if we want him to heal us. Because that's where the power is. If somebody is seeking to be healed by Jesus, but they, they are unwilling to give up some destructive habit or some, some sin that they know they shouldn't be doing, then it may well make it very difficult for them to be healed. You need to want to draw close to Jesus. You need to want to give up the things that aren't pleasing to him in order to receive his healing power. Now this particularly, of course, applies to believers. Get as close to Jesus as you can. And then ask Jesus specifically. God wants us to focus on our most important need and ask him specifically for our healing. You know, the blind man's first request, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me, was, was pretty general. What does that mean? Have mercy on me. It could mean all kinds of things. And I find it interesting that Jesus next asked the blind man, in verse 40, it said, when he came near, Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? Wasn't that an interesting question? A blind man, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said, Lord, I want to see. Now, I thought it had been obvious that if he's blind, that he would want to be healed from blindness. But yet, Jesus wanted the man to specifically ask for what he needed. Not this general request. You, know, you hear these requests when people pray, God, bless me. It's like, well, how do you want me to bless you? What do you need in your life? Pray specifically. The blind man was undoubtedly poor. He was probably ostracized in his society because he was, had a physical defect. He couldn't work because he was blind. He had a lot of problems in his life. But this blindness was the cause of it. A physical blindness and undoubtedly a spiritual blindness as well. But he was open. His heart was open to the Lord. And he wanted to see again. He asked specifically. Now Jesus isn't here physically anymore. He's in heaven, seated upon a throne. Jesus has a body, a resurrected body, and he's there right now. So how can you and I follow his instructions? How can we get close to him today in the 21st century in St. Louis at Life Church? How can we get close to him? Well, the Bible calls the church the body of Christ. The body of Christ. And that means that the people in the church who are believers 
are in essence the hands and feet of Jesus. You are the body of Christ here at Life Church. Each one of us is part, who are believers, are part of that body. And so to get close to Jesus now, you've got to get close to the people who love him. You've got to get close to people in the body of Christ. And of course, that's one reason that the Bible doesn't even conceive of believers not being part of a church family. It doesn't even conceive of somebody who's a, a believer not being part of this body of Christ meeting together on a regular basis. Now, what does that have to do with healing? The Bible tells us that God has given or operates various gifts through different people in each local church. And different people are used in different gifts. Not everybody is used in all of the gifts. We all need each other in order to receive from God. And so one of the gifts that God gives through his body to others in the body of Christ is the gift of healing. It talks about this in a number of passages in the Bible. And so one person might pray for you and nothing will happen. But another person who's received that spiritual gift of healing from God, they pray for you and you're going to be healed. Now that doesn't elevate that person. It's just that God chose to use that person, at least on that occasion. And sometimes somebody is more regularly used in a spiritual gift. And we will become more aware of that, that that person is used by God in the gift of healing. And so if you're sick, get prayer wherever you can because you never know until you're healed because you never know whose prayer or what prayer God is going to use to bring about that healing. Now on Sundays we've began having a ministry time at the end of the message in which people can come forward and receive prayer for all kinds of things. You can come forward for, for any need that you have in your life but one of the things of course is for healing. Physical healing, emotional healing for yourself or for another person who's close to you. And so today, there's going to be an opportunity at the end of the message. I'm not closing right now, so um, it's going to go on for a while, but I'm just reminding you at the end of the message, there's going to be an opportunity, so you be thinking about it. If there's a need in your life, don't be timid, don't be shy. You see, the blind man wasn't timid and shy. He shouted out. I'm not going to make you shout out, okay, uh, this morning. I'm just going to ask you to come forward for prayer so that God can touch your life. And then some people say, well, isn't my prayer good enough? I'm praying for it. Well, that's good that you're praying for it. But if you're still not healed, I would get some help. I would ask somebody else to pray for me. Sometimes we need to humble ourselves before God moves in that way. So the blind man followed Jesus' instruction and got close to him. They were together. And then he received his healing. There came a point in time when that blind man whose eyes were blind, who could see nothing, were supernaturally opened. It was a miracle. And it happened at the touch of Jesus. And so healing is received through faith. Whenever a, a miracle happens, whenever there's healing, faith must be present in one way or another. It might be in the sick person. Usually that's the case that we see in the scriptures and that's the case we're going to see in this account of the blind man. It was the blind man who had faith, but it could be that the person who prays has faith. But faith has to be present 
in one or both of the parties. There needs to be a trusting in our hearts that not only is God able to heal, that's the first kind of faith we have to have, but secondly, that God is going to heal in this case. That God is going to heal this person or that God is going to heal me. Now there's all kinds of healings. Some are great miracles. We would call this miracle, this healing of the blind man a miracle because his eyes were instantly opened without any involvement of doctors or medicines. The doctors could do nothing for this case. They were instantly opened. It was an instant miracle. And few people would deny that something supernatural had happened. But other kinds of healings are slow healings. And to be honest, that's the more common kind. So miracles don't happen every day. Most healings are slow healings that take place over a period of time with the, with the help of doctors and medicines and those kinds of things. Let's not discount that kind of healing. Because we all know of people who haven't been healed despite the best efforts of the best doctors and hospitals and medicines that we have available. And so just because you go doesn't mean you're going to be healed. We need God. Healing is a gift from God no matter how it comes. So we receive our healing through faith, believing God. And finally we receive that healing and we praise God. So whenever you, whenever I, whenever any of us get over some illness that we've had in our life, and today we're primarily focusing on physical healing, but it could apply to other kinds as well. Our first response should be to praise God. Or say, thank you, God. And let other people know that you prayed and God healed you. If the healing is significant, you might want to share your story with the rest of the church. You just tell me about it and we'll find a way for you to share. You can either get up in front and talk about it or you can write it out and I could read it. There's all kinds of ways that you could share. But we want to hear when God heals you, we want to give glory to God. We want him to receive the praise for it. And I believe the more we do that, even in things that we might think are not so big, like my story this morning. This is an earth-shaking story, was it? It's not going to be written up on the front page of the post-dispatch. Because most people would say it just, you know, that would have happened to anybody whether you prayed or not. But when you see that over and over again, you pray and you're healed, you pray and you're healed, you pray, you, you realize God is doing something there. We trust Him. And so we need to give God the glory. What happened when Jesus prayed for the blind man? Luke 18, 43, immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus, praising God. Now catch this last phrase, when all the people saw it, they also praised God. So after the man was healed, he let other people know. He praised God. And that had a, another effect. Other people heard him praising God and they began praising God for what he had done. The end result was that God received a lot of praise. And in every healing, why does Jesus heal? Why does God heal? Because the result is praise to God. So what about each one of us here this morning? Uh, do you have any health problem that you need healing from? Is there a need in your family? 
If so, God wants you to receive your healing. Some healings take seconds. Other healings take months, sometimes even years. Some take place through the means of doctors and medicines. Others take place completely supernaturally, and a lot of them are a mixture, and we can't parse that all out. What is your faith level today? Do you believe God is able to heal today? You know, some churches teach that God no longer heals today. The devil is able to make you sick today, but God is out of the healing business. It really doesn't make sense. There's no biblical basis for that. God is still God. He can do whatever he wants. We see from Genesis through Revelation that God is a God who cares about people. God is a God who heals. And we need to have the proper response of faith and believe him. And believe his word in order to receive what he has for us. Even, in, even with Jesus, there's some astounding verses. I don't have time to go into them today. Where, where Jesus could not do many miracles. Could not heal many people because the people didn't have faith. Here's the very son of God who couldn't heal people because they didn't believe he could do it. And so faith is such a critical, critical part of receiving healing. And how does faith come? How, how does our faith grow? Well, faith comes by hearing God's word. Faith comes from reading the accounts of Jesus in the Bible, reading the accounts in the book of Acts. Really, there's accounts of healing throughout the Old Testament too, through the prophets and different people. And there's instruction on healings in the epistles of Paul and Peter. Reading the word of God, seeing that God really does want to heal people. And beginning to believe that in a deeper and more profound way. As I said before, we're going to have an opportunity here in a few minutes for people to come forward to be prayed for. And we encourage everybody, whether it's a big thing or a little thing, everybody who has a need in this area to come forward. Whether it's you or your family. If you need healing today, call out to Jesus. He is our healer in many different ways. Call out to him as your first priority. And let him touch your life. And I believe as we follow the instructions in God's word, the Lord will bring healing 